0: We've been talking about creating your future. And you know, how many believe God is a great creator? And because God is not making us dependents, He's making us what? Descendants. He's making us descendants, so He wants us to be creative. He wants us to be, in essence, creators of our life, or at least uh, partners in the creating of our life. Not passive, but partners in developing who we are and developing what. God has for us so he's wanting us to be creative because he's creative he's he doesn't want to give us a fish he wants to teach us how to fish he wants to develop what's inside of us and what God did he did by faith right he prepared the heavens and the earth and he said that there'd be light and there was light he began to create with his words he began to create in the power of faith how many know when jesus came to the world he was not just creating with his hands although he was a carpenter he when he went to his ministry he was creating by speaking be healed right he was telling those that were dead be raised up he began to use his words and began to create all that god had for him by receiving it in faith and begin to declare it to the real world so to be disciple of Jesus. And to be a lover and a child of God, we have to develop that part of us that embraces something by faith and begins to declare it into the earth. And some of you, uh, of course, if you went to Catholic church or Methodist church like me, you learned the Lord's Prayer. And it was, thy kingdom, thy will be on earth as it is in heaven. so we understand even in the Lord's Prayer, this is about, not about Lord let your kingdom come, Lord, let your will be done. That's how many people understand it, and they read it that way, but it doesn't say that. It says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. It's not as much of a request as it is a declaration of faith. So even when, when, when prayer is described, it's not described as some passive, repetitive thing. It's described as taking a hold of some heaven and bringing it down to earth. So that's what real faith is. Faith is saying all these promises are mine, but I've got to take hold of them by faith and bring them into my life. That's what Jesus did. You never hear Jesus praying in a way that's kind of like, Lord, I don't know what you want, but whatever you want, just let it happen. You never hear Jesus talking like that. He's, he's operating at a different level. Now, there's nothing wrong with knowing that you need God and asking God to do things. That is prayer. But the level that God wants you to come into is a creative level where you have uh, owned something inside of you and you begin to declare it, right? How do you give your life to Christ? How are you going to heaven? How are you saved? Well, you believe what he did on the cross. You believe that you're going to heaven. You embrace it. And you have an assurance inside of you. And the Bible says you confess it with your mouth. And when you say it, the Bible says you are saved. For what the heart man believes for eternity to be right with God but with the mouth confession is made to salvation it's not a difficult thing romans 10 said and the word of faith that we preach is close to you in your heart and in your mouth so we understand that bringing heaven to earth has to do with you um uh investing yourself it has to do with initiating something it is not pa- pharisees and religious people are passive jesus was not passive Jesus was violent, he was active, he was not wondering what was going to happen. He would go into the spiritual place, know what's going to happen, and come into the earth and create what it is that God wanted. Now you say, I'm not that spiritual. Well, you don't have to be spiritual, you just have to be active. You have to get out of a passive mindset and say, you know what? The level of heaven in my life is going to be determined by my ability to contact heaven. And to bring it to earth by my prayer life by my ability to come into faith that's how much heaven's in my life now if you're passive well then you're just hoping something good's going to happen you know like i said it's like a mardi gras throw me something mr jesus instead of saying i know what god wants even though it's not there in my life right now i'm going to believe those things and i'm going to begin to declare those things into my life that's how you get saved that's how you come to Christ, and that's how you get everything else. Now listen, don't let the enemy tell you that it's too complicated for you. It's only complicated for religious people. Religious people specialize in making God's things complicated and disqualifying people. Jesus told the Pharisees, you guys make so many little ridiculous rules, and you don't lift one finger to help people. Jesus came to say, listen, this is not hard. You can do this. And it, so he, he didn't specialized in disqualifying people from heavenly things he specialized in including people in d- dynamic spiritual life i love what jesus said he looked at the pharisees and said the tax collectors and the prostitutes are getting to heaven before you he was disqualifying the religious because they're always disqualifying everybody they're disqualified because they they want the rules and they want to they want to just satisfy god and live their own life And that's how a religious spirit is. But Jesus would say, come on, we can do this. All you have to do is be like a little child. Don't be so, don't disqualify yourself. Don't feel that you can't do it. Come on, get in this. And so we started talking about that a few weeks, creating your future. Now, you're going to have to apply yourself, but it is one of those things that's worth it. School's important. Training's important in this natural world. And training's important in becoming who you are in Christ. You had to learn how to talk, you had to learn how to walk, and you're going to have to learn how to walk by faith. It's going to be a learning curve, and you're going to have to commit to it just like you did your education. You're going to have to say, look, i got to buckle down and learn this, because I'm not going to be one of these people who are hearing and not doing. I'm going to hear it, and I'm going to do it. Are you with me? So let's just read that in Genesis 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created. That word in the Hebrew contains the word Prepared. In the beginning God created, prepared the heavens and the earth. And we've said this before, Well, I'll keep going. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the of the waters. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word become alive and real and powerful in us. Now, Lord, take away every hindrance to what it is that you're saying and give us ears to hear so that we might have what it is that you said we could have and be what it is that you want us to be. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. So we understand Now, if you're you're still with me, look at Hebrews, the 11th chapter again, and the first verse. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Stop right there. Now, faith is telling us what faith really is. It's not just a belief system or a system of things that we believe in. It is something else. It's substance. Faith is the substance. Can you say the word substance with me? Substance. Now, that word doesn't mean much to us because it means to us stuff, right? Faith is the stuff you build what you hope for out of that. It kind of works, but that the Greek word there is not necessarily substance to us. The word there is assurance is a, a, probably a better word. Now, faith is the assurance of the things hoped for. Now, that word assurance has even a better definition. It is the title deed. That is a more accurate description than any other words. Faith is a title deed. How many of you know that you're going to heaven? Well, you don't know. Oh, three of you. <laughs> that means wave your hand. How many of you know you're going to heaven? Well, you know if you're coming to this church, I can tell you you're going to be going to heaven because we're going to, let, we're going to give you. Look, it'll be hard to go to hell from this church. Actually, we're going to make it hard to go to hell from Hammond and Baton Rouge. <laughs> All right, because the way's already been paid for, but you got to come into faith and assurance. If someone tells you, uh, if you say, are you going to heaven? They're like, I'm not sure. They're not. Because the assurance is the fact that they are. That's what faith is. It's that assurance. Better word, title deed. I don't have to be at my property to own the deed to my property. Right? I don't have to be in my car to have the title to my car. That's my car. Right? Somebody can have it in, in Kalamazoo. But it's still mine because I got the title to it. Right? And guess what will happen? If someone steals my car, I got the title to it, the police will go out and get that car and bring it back to me. And that's how it works in the kingdom. Once you have a title deed, it's coming to you. Even though you, you gave your life to Christ, or even Pastor, uh, Pastor Brother Paul, when he, look, he came into faith and started believing and started tithing, and his life didn't change overnight, did it? It was coming back slowly, wasn't it? it those, even though you had a title deed for some great things, it didn't happen tomorrow. But guess what? Everything that the enemy stole started coming back to his life. Like he had a title deed, and then it was the force of heaven of the Holy Spirit and angels were bringing those things and those circumstances into play so that he could have what he had a title deed for. So faith is a title deed. Say it with me. Faith is a title deed. Now, you got to get that title deed. you got to get that title deed. Now, you remember the children of Israel, God gave them the promised land. And what does the promised land mean to us? Heaven? No. The promised land is the land where all the promises come true. God gave you the promised land. This, I'm going to pretend like this is a Bible. It's an iPad. But pretend it's a Bible. <laughs> this is the promised land. Where all the promises are, and they're all for you. So God gives the children of Israel a promised land. He said, that's your land and then they said, awesome. And they said, well, go get it. And they went to get it. They found all these enemies in there. And then a majority of them said, I ain't fighting. I won't, I'll take it if I don't have to work for it. And God said, if you want it, you better go fight for it. And you say, well, give it, <clears throat> getting your life to Christ, that's easy. It costs you nothing. Really, it cost me everything. But I gained everything at the same time. <laughs> Right, It cost me my old friends, cost my old habits, cost my old lifestyle, my old way of thinking, my old way of talking. I, it did cost me something. I had to be willing to kill some things in order to get what God promised. I can't have them both. I had to let go of that to get this, right? So I'm moving into that promised land with my life. So it is, indicates, in the story of the children of Israel, it indicates that God gives you something, then he expects for you to be willing to fight for it and even die for it, they had to risk their life in order to say, see, those that wouldn't go, those that were cowards, he said, well, you just walk around in religious land rest of your life. But, the, but those with a different spirit are going in. Those with a different spirit are going in. Those who say, we can take that land and we can take it right now. Those people with the right attitude, all the promises of God are yes and amen for those people. Even if they don't have them right now, they're not afraid to go and get them. So the whole walk of faith is the ability to say, I will not be deterred because I don't have stuff in my life right now. I don't have the life, I don't have the prayer life, I don't have the marriage, I don't have the finances. Some people look at where they are and they say, well, why doesn't God do something for me? And God said, well, here's the promised land. You're like, well, I don't want a promised land. <laughs> I want the bingo. I, I, I want the lottery. And <laughs> No, God said, no, oh, if I gave you the lottery, you'd be right back here in three years. So how about this? What about you learn how to go in there? See, you don't have to have stuff. You have to have courage. I love Sienbach used to say, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. He's right. You don't have any problems. All you have is opportunities. They are potential miracles that you have. And God gave you the promise for that miracle, but you cannot be passive. You have to say, if God gave it to me, I would rather die than live without it. That's an attitude. So to get it, you have to... Look at what those promises are, and then you have to go after those promises. So, when the Bible says in, in, here in, um, not here, but I read it in Mark 11, it says, Whatsoever things, the Bible says, faith is the substance of what? Things. Of what? Faith is the substance of what? Things. That means specific things hoped for whatsoever things you desire specific things and i'm not talking about cars or houses it can't be that but it means that you must decide what it is that you want you got to focus on the things faith is the substance of things hoped for what things nobody can answer that question but you what are the things that you want so we understand that to come into faith it begins with figuring out what it is that gets you motivated what do you want well i want to be healed great let's work with that well, I want my kids to be on fire for God. Great, let's work with that. See, you got to start. God wants you emotionally in the game. He, he knows how you work. Unless there's something in it for you, you ain't going to do it. You say, well, that's not true. I'm so spiritual. Come on, man. Salvation is like, a, you know, it's, my, it's like self-interest. I'm going in for me. I'm sure God's going to be blessed, but I want to go to heaven. Thank you. <laughs> that's about me. And I want my kids going to heaven, too. Right, they got, You got me in because my eternity is in this thing, and I am not going to be scared every day to die. So I'm, I'm in because God got me in, because there's a hell to shun and there's a heaven to gain. Right? I'm in. You say, well, that's fear, brother. I don't know what it is. It's opportunity. <laughs> right? Doesn't the Bible say that it's not God's will that any man should perish? It, it's not God's will, but guess what? You choose. That's what you get. You lose. Right? So we want to go into those things that God promises us. So we begin. We, we talked about the whatsoever things you desire, and to get your motor running, we talked about the five things, five, uh, just five little triggers to get you in the game. Your personal health. How many of you want to be healthy, right? Your personal health. Number two, your your marriage or your relationship with your your uh, spouse, right? Some of you aren't married yet, but you're hoping to get married. Bree, is that you over there? Bree, stand up. Look at Bree. I'm just gonna help you out for a minute. Bree, come up here. They can't see you. <laughs> okay, Bree's the package now. I'm not trying to get her. She she's not desperate or anything like that. But I, because because but but she. Will you want to be married one day? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I just wanted to just let you look at her, because she's awesome. And she's, she's got a degree already, and she's in graduate school. Am I right? Yeah. Are you going to graduate? Yes. So she's beautiful. She's on fire for God. And she's looking for a husband. You might know somebody. I don't know anybody yet, but I'm looking too. So we're a team. We're a church. And not only that, I understand you can sing. Yeah. Next week, she's going to be singing. So let's give her a hand. He is awesome. It took me, how long to get Brandon married? Brandon way back out of there. Y'all saw me up here doing that with Brandon probably 10 years. And finally, finally God moved. We waited on God. We prayed. We sought God. We would not give up. Finally, we got the boy married. Alan's married too. Thank God. I gave Alan my suits, my cologne. I gave him everything. Finally, I had to even pick out the girl for him. Now he has a wife and a new baby. Look, we're in this. We're serious about this. So your, your personal health, what was the second one? Your marriage, number three, your children and their lives. How many are passionate about your children? Number four, your ministry. That is the people that you influence for eternity. You don't want to leave here without a ministry that you have done. And then number, number five, your personal finances. How many of you want to have a blessing on your finances in your life? Okay, those five things are five categories that can get you started in faith. Which one of those? Write those five things down and decide uh, how you feel about those things and begin to get specific. What do you want in your physical body? What do you want in your marriage? What exactly do you want in your children? What exactly do you want in your ministry? What exactly do you want? in your personal finances. This is what it means. That we said the three steps of creating your future are PIC. What are they? Prepare, incubate, and, and confess. So preparation, incubation, confession. Say it with me. Preparation, incubation, confession. So here's how you begin to work. You prepare yourself and decide those five areas, what are the things I want? Because if you're not serious, God's not going to get serious. If you're not passionate, God's not going to. You can't move God with lukewarm. you got to believe, God, that this is what you want. If God looks, you say, what do you want, son? You better bring it. That's your chance. Bring it. What do you want? I want a girl. Any girl? (laughs) You're going to be in trouble with any girl. Tell me about that girl. What color is she? Black, white, green, in between? You say, I don't know. Well, look, you got to know that. You can't go to Baskin-Robbins and get an ice cream without knowing that. I'll just take some ice cream. Got 31 flavors, bro. It's up to you. Don't tell the people at Baskin-Robbins, whatever God says, whatever God wants. <laughs> They're going to laugh at you. Right? You got you to gotta decide. And I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm laboring this many times here because I want you to understand this is the secret is what's inside of you. It's not just God's promises. It's what do you want? What would you be willing to fight for? What would you be willing to lay it on the line, change your lifestyle for? What would you be willing to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and pray? What would you be willing to pay the price or pray the price? What is it that you want so bad that you'd turn off the TV and the video game and go after it? What are those things you want that bad? Stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up and do something about it. What do you want that bad? And that's what you've got to stir up that holy courage like Joshua and Caleb. Take that land. Take that land. Then it says this. Well, let me just go to the next thing. So we said it's, it is, um, faith is substance. Faith is a title deed. So we talked about preparation was one thing, finding out what you want. Then we talked about last week about incubation. Last week we said incubation is meditation. Incubation is meditation. So the first part of incubation, which is the first stage of coming into faith or creating your future, is is preparation is the first stage incubation is the second stage and the first part of incubation is this meditation i'm not just rhyming words these things actually mean something (laughs) but it happens to rhyme meditation means every promise that every desire that you have put a promise with it this is a little homework if you have those five things that you want then find a Bible scripture, a promise from God that matches each one. You don't have to have two, but you can have five. But you want to meditate on God's word according to that promise because if you got to know not just what you want, but what God promised. And it will change you when you begin to see that God wants a lot of the stuff that you want. How many of God wants you healthy? He does. God wants you healthy. By his stripes you are healed. Why would he have his back beaten if he didn't want you healthy? The ministry of Jesus is marked with making people well. There's there's hundreds of promises on healing. If God wants you healthy and strong, then believe it know what the Bible says. I mean, of all the scriptures, pick you two or three out. Put them next to your thing. And then on the the second thing, uh, when it comes to your marriage, write down what God says, right? When a man's found a wife, he's found a good thing. I need to write a... and you write a song, but well, I gotta be careful about it. Good thing. <laughs> and found favor with the Lord, the Bible says, right? So, uh, so you gotta know what those scriptures say about your wife and the promises of your, your life. I'm gonna go one direction, you might go a different direction, but this is you and God. You, you, you want something I don't want, and I want something you don't want. This is about you and God. And the third thing, you, you, your children, look at what are the scriptures about having children that serve the Lord? A heritage. What do they say? Healthy children. Children in the ministry. Hundreds of promises in the Bible. You what? Are, give me two of them. you got to meditate that because it becomes more than stuff that you want. It started off with stuff that you want. Now it's stuff that you and God want. So Because now I'm meditating. And then the, the second stage of incubation is what we call, could um, uh, 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 I just call it percolation? No, I'm teasing. <laughs> well, I should have called it percolating because it is waiting. Incubation is waiting. The Bible says, Isaiah 40, they that wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. Let's change it to percolating. Incubation is percolation. Because every, day, every morning when I'm making that coffee, that two or three minutes seems like it's forever. Drip, drip, drip. I just want to just take it and drink a little sip of it and put it back under there. <laughs> Am I right? How many how many were trying to catch fish like especially with a pole? Any kind of fishing. You look, it's not my it's not my bag. My grandma used to say, keep the worm in the water. I'd be picking it up, and moving it, picking it up and moving it. This is human nature and childishness, the are we there yet syndrome right, always, because people don't like to wait. They'll put that one hour of prayer in, and they'll say, you know what, I, I was incubating, I see what God's going to do. Okay, I received it. Listen, this, we don't know how long it took for the Holy Spirit to incubate the whole world. We just know it took some time. Because the word incubation means to brood, or to what a chicken does on an egg. It means to be willing to just sit there until it happens. See, some people don't have that kind of perseverance. They're like like those two vultures sitting on a line. And one said, I'm getting hungry. I'm going to kill something. That joke never works. They're vultures. Get it? They have to wait for something to die. And one gets impatient and said, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to kill something. It never works. I've tried it 10 times. I'm never going to try it again. Possibly it's just not funny, except for to me. (laughs) <laughs> but some people they, they get so tired of waiting so quickly because they, they're praying for their kids and their kids are like bigger knotheads than they were before they started praying. They're like, I said, I'm quitting, I'm not gonna pray anymore. And so they take the seed that they planted and they pull it up out of the ground. And they say something dumb. It ain't working. I've been praying and it ain't working. And like you've been praying for your husband, you waited all of two weeks, and now you're gonna pull it up out of the ground. I want a divorce. What? <laughs> Listen incubation is waiting that's the whole point this is going to take a little time because that's what faith is it's this steady i'm not going to give up till i hear uh, i get an assurance from god sometimes it takes an hour sometimes it takes a week sometimes it takes a year that healing sometimes it takes two years to to incubate that healing but you got to get out of this god is not a push button god god's doing something inside of you and nothing matures you better than having to wait the immature want it now, want it all now, and if they, don't, if they can't get it now, they don't want it at all, and that's why most Christians are not really getting much from heaven, because they just get too bored with waiting, and they don't they don't stay in faith, and they end up saying something, you know, it's like an auction, like the enemy sometimes is just waiting for you to crack, and he's like, ah, gotcha, you know, an auction where you, it's not really a joke, but I want you to get it. You know, when someone lifts their hand or moves their nose or something and they say they got that bid, sometimes the enemy is just waiting for you to uproot the thing that you've been praying for. Because you got discouraged because you had a little fight with somebody. Because you had a little setback. Listen, your setback is a setup for a comeback. I said your setback is a setup for a comeback. All you've got is opportunities. You don't have setbacks. You just have opportunities to become more like Jesus and become more uh, fortified in what it is that you believe. Are you with me? So incubation is percolation. I like that better. It's waiting. It's waiting. And this should, in a sense, let some pressure off of you. Stop thinking that God is like a genie. Ping. If God's in it, ping. That's not how it works. Let me ask you this How did you change? Was it ping? No, it was some of you, it was ping. But most of you, it was ping. It's still, that sound's still going on in your life. It was never ping for you, but you want God to move everybody else, ping, ping, ping. But guess what? It took you a long time to change. It's going to take them a long time to change, and you're going to have to get that word and hold on to it. And if you're looking for a reason to bail out, if you're looking for a reason to give up, if you're reason for re- looking for a reason to, to turn on what God promised you, the enemy's going to give you one. Here's one of the great principles in life. There is always a reason to be sad, and there's always a reason to be happy. So choose happy. When I don't want to. Okay, that's your problem. Because that's who you are. Has nothing to do with God. That has to do with your choice. You have to choose. I choose happy. I choose to think. Is there a good way of thinking about this? That's the way I'm gonna think about it. Because look, everything that happens to me is working together for my good. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody say all things are working together. For my good. All right, let me finish today by giving this last part of incubation. Now, what I'm telling you will last you a lifetime. Because living this out, this is still my whole life. Because life is constantly trying to pull you into the surface uh, of below the faith line living. Life is always trying to pull you out of the heavenlies, seated with Christ, pull you into the humdrum day. That's what life is doing. So without an effort, you will find yourself sinking into, let's just be realistic world. But God is trying to bring you above the line where all the promises are true. Where you're looking down on the situation with him and have his perspective of the situation. Are you with me? So your whole life is saying, I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to speak by faith. It's so easy to get negative. Life is full of it. The news is full of it. You don't need to be a specialist in how to be negative. That comes natural. Don't be shouting me down. Am I right? You don't have to develop how to be negative. That just comes natural. But you have to develop to speak faith and protect your words and guard what it is that you have planted. Amen? All right, let me finish by saying this. Incubation is... Um, envisioning. Envisionation. (laughs) I can't make it rhyme anymore. It's over. (laughs) Incubation is envisioning. And what do I mean by envisioning? You know, God gave you something animals don't have. You have the ability to want something and envision it. That's how people create something out of nothing. You can have a sick body and envision yourself well. You can have a rebellious child and envision him in the ministry. You can. Most people have the negative side of envisioning, which is called fear. Because they envision, oh, my kid's gonna get in a wreck on the way home. My kid's gonna marry a drug addict. Right? My kid's life is. People, they have the wrong kind of envisioning. They use their fantasy life for the wrong things. So they end up with divorces. And all kinds of terrible things because they are envisioning, but they are not envisioning the promises of God. And so they can be full of fears and full of hurts and full of, I know it's going to happen, I know it's going to happen, except for it's something negative. But when it comes to the positive things of God, they don't have that. I know it's going to happen, I know it's going to happen because I keep thinking about it. Right? You remember there was a woman who had an issue of of blood, a condition that was a bleeding condition. She was constantly bleeding for 12 years, she was constantly bleeding, went to every doctor, spent all her money, did not get better, but got worse. It was called an issue of blood. And she was dying, and, and then she heard that Jesus was coming through. And in her weakened condition, there was a crowd, like a huge concert. Uh, and they, she said, I, "If I know if I can touch the hem of his do- garment, I will be healed. Now, this is envisioning she saw herself look most people look at that situation you're weak you're tired you feel horrible most people are going to say I, I can't do it i want to touch jesus and i just, most people just say i'm i'm feeling sorry for myself I, i'm too bad if god wanted me to get there he wouldn't have made it so hard to get to him okay if you're wanting to bail any any excuse is good enough she said, "I'm not looking for an excuse. I'm going to envision, as weak as I am, as broke down as I am, I'm going to touch him in his garment." And I know she must have been on her hands and her knees. And the Bible says she kept telling herself, I know if I could touch the His garment, I know I will be healed. Look, this is what envisioning is. is. I'm not looking at the legs. I'm not looking at the obstacles. I'm not looking at what's standing between me and Jesus. I've made up my mind. Not only am I going to touch him, but I'm going to touch him. And I'm going to receive healing in my life. This thing is over in my life. That's what faith sounds like. I know. I know. I've seen it. I keep thinking about it. I keep saying it to myself. And when she touched him, Jesus said, who touched me? Because virtue went out of him and healed her. See, that's what it looks like when you begin to envision yourself doing what you couldn't do before and getting what you didn't have before. Now, if you have your Bible, read with me. We'll finish with this scripture. Genesis chapter 30, verse 37. But Jacob got fresh branches from poplar almond and plane trees and peeled the bark, leaving white stripes on them. He uh, stuck the peeled branches in front of the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. Flocks, that's, uh, that's the proper English, flocks. Time to drink. <laughs> pray for me when you pray. <laughs> when the flocks uh, were, were in the heat, they came to drink and made it in front of the streaked branches and they gave birth to young That were streaked and spotted and speckled. Now, this is a great story, and if you read the two chapters there, 30 and 31, you can see that God spoke to Jacob. Jacob was working for his father-in-law Laban. And Laban was a cheater. He was always making deals and breaking them. And it was a it was just getting on Jacob, and now he's got his own children, his own family, and he's wanting his own deal. And he said, Look, let's make a deal. I've been working for you all these years, and you got wealthy because of me. And, and, and Laban said, it's true. I don't want to let you go. He said, well, look. And Laban said, look, I'll just pay you whatever you want. Name your price, I'll pay it. And Jacob said, listen. Because Jacob had get, been given an insight on incubation. Jacob said, listen. You just need to pay me the speckled and spotted sheep, and that'll be my pay. All the ones that are speckled and spotted, that's going to be my sheep. Everything else is going to be yours. And so Laban thinks, deal so he gave uh, Jacob a high five bam it's a deal and so then within a few minutes Laban goes to his workers and says listen I want you to go take all the the uh, spotted and speckled I want you to take all of them and bring them several miles because Jacob didn't say you can't take them out so Laban said hey there's no way he's going to get any pay extra because I'm taking out all the physical possibilities so he's taken away all the spotted and speckled sheep and even the black sheep he took them out and left nothing but just white sheep just a whole group of white sheep all the black speckled and spotted were miles away and Laban said boom turn that into spotted and speckled and Jacob, Laban said you lose dude right now, what happens is, he begins to implement God's plan of incubation. Jacob begins to take these, uh, you know, poplar wood is still white here. We, we even call it poplar wood, still white. You, you know, you got the bark, and then he would take which was brown, and every time you'd scrape it, it would leave white stripes. And it would be like a speckle and stripe and spotted stick. And he would make a bunch from different kinds and different shades of trees, but it was all speckled and spotted. And when they would come to drink... He would put that down in front of them. He'd put that post down in front of them. And he would just do this. I see what I've got, but I also see what I'm getting. I see what I've got. I see the problem, but I also see the solution. See, most people can only look at the problem. They've got a single vision. Look. You can't change. the If you're sick, you can't just want it to, be go, to go away and imagine it. It's there. But that stick denied his right to stay there. He said, I know you look white right now, but you're going to be speckled. I know you look right now, but you're about to have a speckled baby. And he kept doing it, which makes absolutely no sense, except for when you start understanding faith is the ability to envision what you're going to get over what you have. See, when God... The Bible says, in the beginning, God prepared the heavens and the earth. In other words, he decided what he was he wanted. He created before he created. Then he began to look at what he had. It was without form and void and darknesses upon the face of the deep. Everything that God gives you, he gives you in potential form. Because you are an artist. You are a creator. So he's not just going to give you the final outcome. He's going to give you the potential. So your problem is a potential Your problem that you're facing is just finding out what kind of faith you really have. This is the opportunity for you to say, okay, this is what my kids look like without form, void, and darkness is up on their face. But guess what? I'm going to put a speckle and a striped stick out there and I'm going to say, that's what they are. This is what they're going to be. That's what they are. This is what they're going to be. And pretty soon, you know how it works. You just can't quit looking at the speckle and spotted stick. You get start losing interest in the way things are and you start focusing on the way things are going to be and you begin to bond to the way things are going to be and your faith begins to rise up to where things are going to be and soon there's a release of God's power and God says, let there be light. Come on, you ought to give God a shout. Do you believe that? Incubation is envisioning. Envisioning. Right now, before we leave, you're going to repent of allowing the enemy to control your envisioner. It is not going to be an opportunity for you to enter into lust. It's not going to be an opportunity for you to enter into fear. It's not going to be strictly used for the enemy's purpose. It's going to begin to come into holy use. You begin to say, okay, my children are this way, but guess what? I know about a spotted stick. Come on, somebody. How many know about the blood of Jesus on that that cross that He hung on, that paid for all those promises, that spotted and that that speckled with blood tree? Remember that stick because all your promises were paid for by that stick, and you put that stick in front of your children. You say, "What? Well, I know he's a, he might be on drugs right now, but he's going to be in the ministry someday soon." Come on somebody, I know that my finances are bummed out and broke down right now and I've got bills coming I can't pay. That's what I have to look at, but that's not the only thing I have to look at. I'm going to look at that stick. I'm going to look at that promises and I'm going to say God promised that my debts are being paid. God promised me that I'm out of debt. God promised me that I have more than enough and I'm going to focus my imagination and my envisioning on what God promised. And of course you know the end of the story, don't you? What happened? Suddenly, those white sheep started popping out speckled babies. And pretty soon, there was a huge flock of speckled and spotted. Did he have enough? He had, The Bible said he became very, 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 very wealthy spotted and speckled. God's about to make you spotted and speckled wealthy. He's going to make you the promises of God are about to come into your life. You might only have one or two, but as soon you're going to have a whole flock of promises that used to be one way, but now there's something else. I'll promise you, this is fun. We're going to have to work to get some time in your schedule that's not all cluttered up. And your mind to get clean and free so that you can go in and say, you know what? Every promise that God gave me is true. And I'm going to envision it. I'm going to envision my life, my ministry. I'm going to envision my family, my marriage. My finances. I'm going to be in the envision with the limitless God and he's about to release the limitless power on our limitations. Are you with me? How many you want that? Come on, stand up with me. This is your day. Incubation is meditation. Incubation is waiting. <laughs> Incubation is envisioning. Now if you would, just for a moment, let's just practice before we go today. Just lift your hands. And I want you to see your life different. Those sad clouds that move in and try to steal your hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You got to keep your hope alive. You got to keep that hope alive inside of you. You know what? God could do something, He could do something. There's an opportunity right in front of you. Now, while you're got, just take your eyes and I want you to focus on one of the things. Maybe it's your children, or maybe it's your marriage, or maybe it's your finances or your ministry. You don't have any limits to your dreams. There's nobody that's stopping you from dreaming. Yeah, but it's going to cost a lot of money. It doesn't matter. God's got all the money in the world. Yeah, but you don't like me anymore. Look, don't worry about it. God's got everybody's emotions in his hand. God turns the heart of the king like he turns the rivers. It's exactly the direction he wants them to go. God is on the throne of your life. Would well, you not mind just worship him right now because he's the king of your life. He's the, He's your father. Our Father, which art in heaven. He knows what you were born to be because he's your daddy. He knows what your promises are. And his idea and his dream is to have his dreams in your life. Come on. Now, I want you to take one of those, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your physical health. And right now, you know how it is. You've got a clear picture of how it is. You know how they talk, how they act. You know what the problems are as you perceive them. You know what the issues are that that are unchangeable. You know what they are. Now, right now, I want you to make a stick, a spotted stick. I want you to make a stick right now. And I want you to begin to... Form up something in your mind that looks like it's going to be. It might not be exactly, but I want you to begin to see that son, how he's going to be, that marriage. Come on, just get a picture of him, an image of, it. maybe a. Uh, maybe it's you and your husband that are fighting, but get an image of you guys a year from now on a honeymoon in love. Maybe you are the image of sickness, and the doctor's been showing you those x-rays, and maybe you could instead of those x-rays maybe you can begin to look at God's x-ray where that spot is gone or where that infirmity is removed from your body right now I want you to envision whatever was impossible look it's free begin to if it's the promise of God begin to look at how it's going to be right now in the presence of God now we're going to try this in just a moment one more time before we go but if you don't mind lift up your hands and I want let's, let's do some repentance right now say Father in Jesus name I repent, and I change my mind for allowing my imagination and my ability to envision to be a vehicle of fear and a vehicle of lust and a vehicle of failure. I repent in Jesus' name. My ability to dream is the holy engine of creativity, and today... I sanctify my imagination to you. I dedicate. My imagination is only for the promises of God. It's only for the purpose of God. It's only to bring forth the kingdom of God into my life. I bring my imagination to you. I bring my envisioning to you. And I declare, even though it was used for the wrong purpose in the past i dedicated to the promises of god i'm going to set forth god's promises for my life in front of me and my ability to envision is going to be solely to envision those things that god is bringing into my life now with your hands let us say i receive your forgiveness by the blood of jesus all of my sins are forgiven by the blood of jesus i've been delivered from all the power of the enemy as i walk in the light as he is in the light the blood of jesus is constantly cleansing me from all sin my mind is clear my spirit is clear i am forgiven i am sanctified and i am set apart to god This moment, I'm 100% yours, Lord. Now, Lord, I receive grace to dream your dreams. Come on. Don't just say it. Receive it. Say, I receive the dreams of God. I receive the excitement of what you're going to do in my life.